This is Sunday Praise on Sirius XM, The Message.
It's good to see you in the house of the Lord. For those who are watching by live stream, welcome to Grace Free Will Baptist Church. If you will stand, please, and let's sing. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer long. From victory unto victory, his army he shall lead, till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is born in thee. Now wait just a second. Did you know that's talking about you as a saint of God? When we return with Jesus Christ and all the foes will vanquish. That's a hallelujah, isn't it? So let's sing a second verse. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call open. For to the mighty trumpet in this his glorious Not here, there where everything is perfect. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to see you today. We do have a few announcements for you. Don't forget uh, that the uh, Grace Seniors will be meeting on... um, March the 17th, March the 17th, and that's going to start at 5 o'clock p.m., so make sure that you write that down in your calendar. If you are planning on coming, this is a covered dish meal, so if you will bring a large side dish, a big, large side dish, we're going to eat, amen? If it's a small side dish... Me and David is the only one going to get to eat, all right? So a big one. And the church will supply the meat and the bread and the drinks. And so uh, if you'll bring that dish, and those of you that would uh, also like to make a dessert, if you will see Miss Phyllis or Miss Glenda, raise your hands back there. Right there they are. See them? Bring a, bring a good dessert. 
And uh, so that's going to, and be sure to wear green is what it says on here. This is St. Patrick's Day dinner, so be sure to wear green. Make a meatloaf, praise the Lord, that'll be good. We'll eat it if you make it, amen. All right, well, let's see what else is going on. Our foundation from our National Association, Brother Barry Simpson, you've heard Brother Barry, he's been here before, he has preached for us in our revival before, he's a very good man, I love Brother Barry, and what he tells you, you can take to the bank, so I'm telling you that before he comes. He's going to be coming, now this is on Sunday night that this will happen, he'll uh, they'll do a little presentation on Sunday morning, about five minutes, but this is next week. And then on Sunday night, he's going to be uh, talking about uh, what they offer from our denomination, and this is to all of you that are part of our church. Um, some of you uh, will understand this. He's going to talk about a revocable living trust. He's going to talk about your medic medical di directives and the power of turning and guardianship for minors and different things, and it comes in a trust. So um, you, you might need to come and listen to this. It is very important. Uh, he was here mm, four or five years ago and gave the presentation, and uh, a lot of you uh, enjoyed that and took advantage of what they offer. And you can't get this anywhere else for what they are offering it for. So you need to listen to this. Even if you have a will, you need to listen to this because it's all uh, biblical based. They'll tell you that when they're talking to you about it. And so uh, you need to come and listen to them on the 12th. Now, um, don't forget that. For our singing schedule, it is up back there. So our singing schedule is up. Go take a picture of it today. All right, please do that. If you can't sing the day we have you down, then you can trade with someone else, but please make sure you take care of that, all right? So uh, don't forget that. Uh, March the 12th, which is next week, how many know what happens beside the foundation is going to be here? We're going to have breakfast. I mean, we're having, I asked him what we's having today, and he said, uh, I better not tell you because if I do... I'll miss something or put something in there that's not going to be there. So, But it's going to be good, a lot, a whole lot. You're going to be full after you leave there. And so when you come into the sanctuary, don't go to sleep on me. Amen. So don't forget that breakfast. And what happens next week? Anybody know? What do we do next week? Let's say it all together. Spring forward. Spring forward. We'll send something out to you, won't we, TJ? We'll send a little thing out to you to remind you of that. That's the good thing about being on uh, the announcements that TJ has for you. If you're not on it, please go and get on it uh, through your phone because he'll remind you of things that you will forget. My wife's the same way. My kids, everybody, I'm the same way. I can hear an announcement 49,000 times. And that's about what we give you here, about 49,000 times. And go home and forget it. How many's like me? Raise your hand. See there? Now, some of you that didn't raise your hand, we're going to pray for you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank Him for this time that He's given us.
Father, I love you so much. I thank you so much. You're so good to us. And Father, today the message that you have given me is really just bearing down on my heart today. Lord, I just feel so inadequate. But Lord, I know you are adequate. I pray, Father, through the Holy Spirit today that you'll touch my heart and help me to remember the things that you've given me to preach today. And Father, not only that, as I prayed since Thursday of last week and Wednesday of last week, Father, open the hearts and the minds and the hearing of those that need this message today. Father, I'll praise you for what you do because I know you gave me this message for such a time as this. Help us, Father. Help us to listen. Help us to worship. Pray for those that are lost. In your precious sweet name, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Miss Judy was standing in today for all of those hoods that are gone. They are out singing today. 
and Sheila and them. I think they'll be back tonight, won't they? Yeah, they'll be back tonight. So, didn't she do good? Yeah, she did so good. Well, if you have your Bibles today, turn to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, chapter 2, and we're going to take just part of verse 3. The book of Hebrews, chapter 2, and we're going to look at the first half of verse 3. And we're going to talk on the subject today of those who neglect. Those who neglect. Let's all stand this morning, and Brittany's going to come and sing for us in just a moment, but... I want you to look at this verse, and we are going to talk this morning on that subject, those who neglect. The Bible says, and I know you've heard this verse probably a thousand times in your life, but I pray today that God will give me the words to preach on this verse. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation. How can we neglect? Let me ask you a question today. And I want you to answer this. I'm going to be nosy. And I'm going to ask you, how many of you in this church this morning believe in God? I want you to raise your hand. How many of you believe that we will stand before God one day? Raise your hand. And how many of you know that we will have to answer the question of what we did with our soul, with our life? How many believe that? All right. Let's pray and thank the Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do this morning, even before you do it. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will use me to speak to these folks today. I pray for all of those that are watching online today that you'll use me to speak to them. <clears throat> I pray, Father, that as we preach this message, that you will take the words of the message, the meaning of the message, the soul of the message, and enter into the hearts and souls of men and women. And Father, help us to answer the question about have we neglected the salvation that you've offered to us or have we accepted it and all that that implies help us father i pray for those that will give today i pray father that you'll bless all of those that give online and here in the sanctuary as they leave thank you father for the givers thank you for what you do through them in your precious sweet name we pray these things in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Say, tell somebody you love them before you sit down.
based on what I've done. 
It was His goodness and mercy and the power of His blood. some of the headaches we must deal with in life are a direct result from neglect. Our tendencies to ignore what is right in front of us. Some will say, well, I'll just put that off till tomorrow. And you know you should take care of it right now, today. But it seems like in our lives tomorrow never comes. We just keep putting it off. It's true with our stuff, our things that we have, our cars, our lawnmowers, <laughs> our equipment. Our, we, we just disregard the maintenance on these things. And how many of you know that can lead to a bigger problem in what we have, our stuff? It's true of our health. It is. Some of us know, you know, that we have ignored healthy practices in our lives. You know, we, we do not eat good, and um, then what happens when we don't eat good? We end up fighting diabetes, which I know a lot about, because my wife deals in that every day, so I, I know about diabetes. We deal with high cholesterol, we deal with uh, high blood pressure, and if I took a survey in here, probably most of us have some of those. And there's an infinite list of things that can ha happen to us when we do not deal with our health issues. 
and a healthy lifestyle. It's true that we neglect our relationships. There's some that would say, I wish I'd have done more with my kids. I, 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 wish, I'd have, I wish I'd have been better to those friends. I, I wish I would have done more for my wife or my husband. And sometimes we just neglect the relationships that God has given us. We're, not, we're very inattentive of those things. And how many of you know when we do that, they'll implode or they'll explode when we do things like that? It always happens when it comes to neglect. Neglect is this, the failure to properly care for something. And by the way, neglect always comes with a price. There's always a price to neglect. So today I said all that to say that that's also true with the human soul. To ignore the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know today that to ignore the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ comes with a cost. I want you to understand that. Because I think in this generation, since there's no cost to anything we think, I think we've forgotten that to ignore our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ comes with a great cost. That's the reason the writer of Hebrews said this, how shall we escape? Now that word escape has a very unique meaning. You know what it means? It means to survive. How can we survive? That is the intent of an eternity. I want you to know today that there is an eternity. This is not it. We're just living here, and God is with us, and I understand that, and we're just living. We're just passing through, as, as we say. We're just passing through this life. But that word escape means to survive. How are you going to survive after this life? Because one day God will ask you, one day... God will show you how you're going to survive. He's already told us in His Word. He's already warned us time and time again, if we neglect this salvation that He offers, how are you going to survive? There's a lot of people that just tamper with the gospel. There's a lot of people that just meddle in the gospel of salvation, you know, pick it apart. There's a lot of people that want to know how one man can take away all of your sins and forgive you and take you to heaven. And they ponder on those things, but I want you to know, you can ponder all you want. If you don't know Jesus, it has eternal consequences. Being careless with the gospel. You know, coming to church. And it's just the thing we do now. Oh, I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning. And after church, this is my plans for the day. You see, your plan should have been before you came to church. But most of us come to church and our plans are after church. This is just something we do. This is just something that we come to. But folks, I'm here to tell you that 
the carelessness with the gospel is detrimental to your spiritual life. If we neglect the gospel to our peril, Hebrews 2.3 says we can't escape. So the first verse that we're going to talk about here, this verse, I want to give you one thing and I want you to listen to me. That verse tells us that a great salvation is needed because of who you are. Because of who I am. This gospel is needed. Salvation is needed because of who you are. Is everybody with me? Say amen. <laughs> the Bible teaches that we are born into this world and we have a spiritual birth defect. Each one of us comes into this world with sin in our lives. All have sinned and come short. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Psalms 51.5, now I may, I don't know what's going to happen in this message. It's so long, I'm just telling you, it's so long that I probably won't get done this morning. But if I get to a point in this that God tells me to go on, I will go on. So Psalms 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Did everybody hear that say amen? That's you, and that's me. David's not communicating that his conception, his birth was illegitimate. Not out of wedlock is not what he's saying. It's a statement that recognizes his natural propensity towards sin. All of us are sinners. David says, that's what I was. That's who I am. You see, we inherited this nature from the father of the human race, Adam. That's why you're a sinner. Adam is not only our common ancestor, but serves as a, a humanity's representative, if you want to put it that way. We were all in Adam. And when Adam sinned, we sinned. When he fell, we fell. Is everybody with me? Say amen. That's who you are. In Romans 5.12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So if we neglect, if we say it doesn't matter, if we live our life and neglect what Jesus has done for our salvation, never accept that, then we will die lost. We will live eternally somewhere. Maybe I should have put it that way to begin with. There is a heaven and there is a hell. There are people in hell this morning because they neglected. And there's people in heaven this morning because they accepted. That's the way the Bible is. So we should look at this great salvation because of who we are. 
So in this, for all have sinned in Romans 5.12, I want you to understand that Romans 5.17 puts it this way. Death reigned by one. That one, of course, was that Adamic nature that came through Adam. In Romans 5.19, for as by one man disobedience, many were made sinners. Because of Adam, we all have the Adamic nature. We are all sinners. You know, sin is not simply an act just carried out by us. It's part of us. Did you understand that? We sin because we're sinners. That's who we are. It's intertwined in our nature. One way the 21st century preacher can speak about depravity and Adamic sin, and our nature to sin, is by the language of addiction. It's kind of like a mom coming in to have a baby. And it's heartbreaking, really. There are born addicted, here this baby is, it's going to be a born addicted to drugs. Did you know that a, a baby can be born addicted, addicted to crack cocaine? Did you know that? You say, well, how is that? Because the baby was conceived and delivered during the nine-month period in which that mother consistently took crack cocaine. So when that baby is born, it's born an addict. It inherited that addiction from the mother. From Adam, we became a sin addict. The human race inherited a sin addiction from Adam. That's who you are. You said, well, preacher, I come today just to be lifted up. And, and preacher, I came today just so you could give me something really good. Well, I'm going to give you something. You're a sin addict. And I am too. Sin permeates the very essence of our being. We're not just blank tablets somewhere when we're born. We're imprinted with two things when we're born. Everybody ready? Here's what we're imprinted with. One, the image of God which allows us to have a relationship with God. You're imprinted with that. You say, what do you mean? I mean, there's always something in you desiring for you to have something better in life. There's, a, there's that innate thing in you that says, I, I need something in my life. I, 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 want the, I need to, you know, my life to be better. What do I need? Well, I'm here to tell you, it's Jesus. Because it's been imprinted in you. The second thing that's been imprinted in you is a sin nature. It's inherited from Adam. We have this flesh this sinful flesh, it's inherited from Him. Uh, and it does not erase, but what happens is you can have a relationship with God and it'll break it. Don't mean you don't sin. It just means you have forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ our Lord. You say, how do you know that, preacher? Well, let me ask you this. You don't teach selfishness to a child, do you? It's a learned response. You say, how do you know that? Because I've got ten of them. 
You don't teach a toddler to smack another toddler, do you? No, you don't. And then take their toy away from, from them. You know why? Because it's natural. I was holding chapel the other day, and she knows this. You were there. They were there. And, 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 and if she wants something and you don't give it to her, she'll smack at you, won't she? But all children are like that. It's not just chapel. It's all children. Why? Because it's inherited. It, it, you know, they have this in them. It's mine. You say, oh, no, my, my child's an angel. Yes, yeah, they are. You see, you have to teach them how to be kind. You have to teach them how to share. You you don't teach deceit and lies. It's not a learned response. It's a natural one. You look at a child with crumbs all over their face, you know, uh, crumbs all over their face, and and, and the mommy says, did you eat that cookie? No. (laughs) Mommy, I didn't eat that cookie. It's a learned response. It's a natural one. One preacher said, you need to tell that sweet chubby cherub of yours, no. And see what happens when you tell it no. Amen? They'll scream, they'll pitch a fit. If you tell them no, if you're harsh with them, I'm here to tell you because, listen to me, They know how to throw a temper tantrum. The youngest of age, you know, they understand this. You cannot deny it today that human experience bears it out. Scripture teaches it. And we are, as David said, brought forth in iniquity. All of us. The second thing. Listen to me this morning. Don't leave. Listen. A great salvation is needed because of what we've done. A great salvation this morning is needed because of what we have done. You see, this sinful nature, this flesh, finds ways to express itself. It doesn't mean that all of us are equally depraved in our action or that we are as bad as we possibly could be, but we all express sinful nature I'm trying to tell you why God's real I'm trying to tell you what God can do to that sinful nature of yours but see you can't see this you can't see this unless God convicts you of your sins you can't get people lost anymore Now, I'm going to say that again. You can't get anybody lost anymore. Nobody thinks they're lost. So I want you to understand this morning, this message is for you. This is from God for you. Listen this morning. We see it in our actions, our words, and our thoughts. We all have sinned, no exceptions, every single one of us. Romans 3.10 says, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 5, if you want to read it sometime, describes us being ungodly sinners. And even labels us as enemies of God. 
Sin's not just doing bad things. Sin's a mindset. It's not just doing bad things. It's a mindset that says, I know better than God. I know how to live better than God can tell me to live. And that might be you this morning. I, I know better than God. I know that I, you know, I know that I've been taught better. I know that I've been brought up better than this. But God understands. I know better than God. I know what it takes to bring joy to my heart. I know what it takes to bring meaning to my own life. I know how to satisfy my soul this morning. Sin is a mindset that not only chooses to live life our way rather than God's way, but also prefers other things more than God. Paul described it this way. He says it's exchanging the Creator for what was created. It's exchanging, as I talked about last week, the infinite for the finite and trading the eternal for the temporal. That's what it is. And some of you are here this morning and that's what you've done. Sin is a suicidal exchange of life for death. For that reason, sin, sin demeans and belittles God. When we practice sin in our lives, we belittle God. Are you with me? Stay with me just for a moment. That brings us under the judgment of God. It brings us under the judgment of God because of our sin nature and sinful actions. This morning, we are judged guilty by God. We stand before Him condemned and have been sentenced to eternal hell, separated from the goodness of God if we do not know Him. I'm going to say that again. Because of our sin nature, because of our sinful action, because of who we are, we are judged guilty by God and stand before Him condemned and have been sentenced to an eternity in hell separated from the goodness of God. If it were not for God, that's who we would be. How many is glad this morning that you know God? How many glad this morning that you are saved? In the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Now listen to this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. If you're going to live that way, God says that it's revealed that His wrath is upon you. Romans 2.5 But after the, thy hardness and impenitent heart treasureth up unto thyself wrath. Wrath, there it is again. Wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness, uh, righteous judgment of God. Wrath. Wrath. Folks, you do not want the wrath of God. We do not want the wrath of God. We want the love of God. We want the mercy of God. We want the grace of God. But you don't have it without Him. 
Romans 2, 9, tribulation, anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. Thirdly, we need a great salvation because what awaits us and what we can't do for ourselves. We cannot overcome our sin this morning. You and I cannot atone for our sins. We're sinners. We can't do anything about it. We cannot erase the debt of our sin we owe. We cannot expunge our record of sin. If we're unsaved, we take it all with us. If we're unsaved, all that sin, we've already, we've already put into place that we're all sinners. Say amen right there. All of us are sinners. If we're not saved, every sin, everything that we've ever done in this life, in the next life, will judge us. You say, oh, but I'm not a sinner. Well, the Bible says you are. Oh, but I just don't believe all the Bible. Then you're in bad shape. Because our sin will judge us without Him. But with Him, do you understand, with Him, He forgives us of our sins. With Him, He erases our sins, never to remember them. Do you understand that? He erases them. He forgives them. There is nothing you and I can do. There's nothing that you and I can say. There is nothing that you and I can give. To have salvation, it's only Him. Romans 5 says that when He comes to our sin, that we are helpless in our sins. That's what it says. Romans 3.20 says, By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in His sight. By the law, by the deeds of the law. Listen folks, it can't save us. And nobody can do it. Nobody can keep all the law. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ came and He died on that cross? And His blood is the only thing that can forgive us of our sins. You can go to church till you're blue in the face. You, you can... You can uh, Take the Bible and, and, and learn it all and remember it all. You can do all. You can teach a Sunday school class. You can come to church and, and, and sing. In the, you can do it all. I mean, you can, you can just do everything you think that will get you to heaven. It's of naught without Jesus in your life. It's of naught. How can we escape? How can we survive? If we neglect this salvation, we can't. Titus 3.5 tells us that we cannot be saved, not by our works of righteousness, which we have done. There's no works you can do to save you. Jonathan Edwards so eloquently said, he said, we contribute nothing to our salvation. Listen, we contribute nothing to our salvation except the sin that made it necessary. Oh, but I'm a good person. 
Oh, but I'm head of this, and I'm head of that, and oh, I've got this much money, and oh, I'm a deacon at the church, oh, I'm this. No, the Bible says that we cannot contribute anything to our salvation except the sin that made it necessary for Jesus to die. Salvation does not come to those who are good enough or try hard enough. God accepts no one, listen to me, God will accept no one because of your goodness or your righteousness or whatever you think, your greatness. He'll refuse us if we stay in our sin. Listen to me, we don't need any exhortation to do better. We don't need directions how to save ourselves. What we need is to know. That's the reason preachers need to preach to know. You need to know. Listen, I'm not going to stand before God one day and Him say to me, you didn't let them people know. I'm letting you know today. If you leave this place today without Jesus, it's on you. It's not on me because I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know today that are listening what God wants out of you you need to know you need to know that you're helpless without Jesus you need to know that Jesus loves you this morning he doesn't accept you because of your goodness righteousness greatness he does not refuse anyone because of their sinfulness though doesn't matter how much sin you got in your life, Jesus will accept you. Did you hear that? It doesn't matter how much sin, what you have done in your life. I don't care what you have done in your life. Listen to me. God, this morning, will accept you. He will save you. He will take you to places that you've never been before if you will let Him. We don't need directions on how to save ourselves. We need to know how we get saved. It's His mercy. It's His grace. None can save but God. Nobody. Fourthly. We need a great salvation because the good news is a great salvation has been provided to you. A great salvation has been provided to you this morning. God has provided it. He's provided us salvation in His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus made salvation possible. He secures you. And, and He secures you in His death. He secures you in His resurrection. How many of you know it's true? We're getting ready to come up on Easter. How many of you know this morning it's true? He died for you. He rose for you. He's at the right hand of the Father for you. Make an intercession for you. He did all that for you. You say, well, how do you know that's true? Because we have a record. We have a Bible. We know it's true. Many people seeing Him. 500 at one time. And we're just playing 
in this area of our lives and we're neglecting is what the Bible says. We're putting off this great salvation. It costs something for you. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1.15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. You see, that's the humbleness you need to come to. That's where you need to come to in your life. You need to be sorry for your sins. You can't be saved, look at me, you can't be saved without being sorry for your sins. You can't just say, well, I guess I'll just get it over with. I'll just go over there and be saved and, and tell them I want to be saved and I'll get it over. No, listen to me, there has to be convic- conviction of your sins. And I put that plural because we have many of them. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as of silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition of your fathers. But how were you redeemed? Everybody read that with me. But with the what? He, he moved it on. There you go. but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb. As a lamb, a little lamb. You remember me talking about the little lamb? As a little lamb. Without blemish and without spot. Look at me. We're going to be talking about this at Easter, but Jesus came for one reason. He came to die in our place. He became sin and bore sin's penalty. The wages of sin is death. But Jesus brings life. How many has life this morning? Say amen. Amen. No, really and truly. How many of you have life this morning? Say amen. Amen. Hmm. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You was baptized with God's wrath so that we could be baptized with God's grace. Erwin Lutzer puts it this way. And it's a story he tells. He says, in Africa, a fire ravaged a hut burning quickly and intensely. Killing all the family except one, a stranger was seen running into the burning house. He snatched a small boy from the flames, carried him to safety, and then disappeared into the darkness. The next day, the tribe met to decide what should be done with this little boy, perhaps superstitiously, they assumed he must be a special child because he survived this fire. A wise man in the tribe insisted that he adopt the boy. 
Then a rich man stepped up and, and thought he was better qualified. As the decision ensued, a young unknown man walked into the middle of the circle and insisted that he had prior claim to the child. He took his hands and showed them him his hands. His hands had been freshly burned in the fire of the preceding night. He was the rescuer and therefore insisted that the child was rightfully his. I want you to know this morning that Jesus rushed into our life and death situation. He defeated sin, death, the grave, and hell. He withstood the force of God's wrath against sin. Sin could not conquer Him. Death could not hold Him. Hell could not defeat Him. God's wrath did not destroy Him. He's alive. He is victorious. He's our rescuer. And He owns the rights to our life and bears the scars to prove it. He steps into the situation this morning and He says to you, Here's the scars on my hands. Here's the scars on my feet. Here's the side. He steps into our situation this morning. He says, this is what I did for you. I have the scars to prove it. I died for your ugliness. I died for your wickedness. I died for your sins. I died for you. And then people come to church like this every Sunday and they sit and spit in the face of God when they leave unsaved. You know what you're saying to God when you leave, when the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is upon you, when you know you need to get right with God and you walk out those doors, you say to the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't believe a word of it. That's what you say. Now I want you to listen. God has provided a great salvation. If you want to live, if you want to survive this life, if you want to be rescued, if you want to be rescued from the pit of hell, you cannot ignore, you cannot ignore this great salvation. You can't ignore it. If you stood before God today, if you knew, let's put it this way, if you knew, if God told you, if God came down and said to you, now when you're 49 years old, you're going to die. You're going to die when you're 49 or 59 or 16, whatever it might be, or 25. You're going to die. Would you have lived your life different? How can you escape so great salvation? How can you survive without it? And you may leave today and say, Preacher, I don't want nothing to do with it again. And folks, listen to me. Only God knows when you're going to leave this world. But if you leave unsaved, I promise you, you'll remember this message for the rest of your life, for the rest of eternity. Let's just say the rest of eternity.
I know it's 12 o'clock, but I'm going to finish. And if you need to leave, I understand that some go to work, some do this, but I want to finish. And if I go over too long, we'll count this as tonight, but I'm going to go. Fifthly, and lastly, the thing is that God wanted me to tell you this morning, the number one thing He wanted me to tell you this morning, is that this great salvation, this great salvation that Hebrews 3, 2 verse 3 says, and tells us about, listen, look at me, it must be received. It must be received. You can't go to heaven because your daddy's saved or your mama's saved or your mom and daddy's in ministry or whatever it might be. You can't go to heaven because of that. The only way you can go to heaven is to receive the gift that God has for you, and that's his son Jesus. Now look at me. I know it's simple, but it's truth. There is no other way to heaven. Buddha cannot get you there. Muhammad cannot get you there. None of that stuff can get you there. The only one that can get you there is Jesus. But it has to be received. There's so many people that will not receive what God has for them. They're waiting for something. I don't know what they're waiting on. You see, you need to receive this great grace. If we understood grace and mercy, we need to receive this. It's such a gift. Grace and mercy. Grace. And God wants to give you that. It's the grace that has been given. But it's grace that has to be accepted. You can't reject His grace. If you ignore it or reject it, you do so in your own peril. As I was typing this out on Friday, I try to get things going on Thursday after Wednesday night. And I have my thoughts already, but I try to get things going on Thursday. I was over here at the church Thursday, and I was doing things with a message on Thursday. And then Friday, I always type my message out. That's what I do. And as I was typing it out, did anybody know what was going on on Friday? We had a severe weather threat. Did we not? I mean, it was on the radio. It was on the TV. You know, that there's going to be some severe weather. And there was. There was some trees knocked down. There was some things that happened. It was a severe weather. Well, that brought me back, and I think I might be wrong on this, to 2005, Hurricane Katrina. And all just about a week before, do you remember a week before they were talking, they were tracking this hurricane, and they were tracking it into the Gulf of Mexico. You know, they, they were tracking it towards Louisiana and they they warned those people in Louisiana they warned them and warned them and warned them get out don't stay please get out go because it's going to be a storm of a uh, that's never happened before get out and that storm hit it hit as a, at a category five I believe if, if I'm not mistaken isn't that the strongest a category five I forget what the winds were, but they were way up there. And when it hit, 
it not only hit with wind, but storm surge went into Louisiana. Went in there at Louisiana and it killed almost 1,500 people that went out into eternity. But every day for weeks they were warned. They were told every day, get out, take your stuff, pack your stuff up, put things over your windows, do these things, get out because the storm is coming. Now, I don't know why 1,500 people, fatalities, why they didn't leave. They were warned about it. They were, said, they were told that it was an unavoidable disaster. They were told that it was coming, people knew. Yet, they refused to leave. They interviewed some of these people before and they said things like, well, we just don't believe it's going to be that bad or we just don't think that it's going to hit here and we just don't think it's going to hurt us and, and, and we just want to stay to protect our stuff. And they died because they neglected what was told to them. There's been many more Mount St. Helens. They were told before that thing erupted, get out, leave. And they didn't. What's wrong with us, people? Seriously, what is wrong with us? I know that it might not, you know, these storms might not hit right where they say they're going to hit. They may not do that. But isn't it something to take care of your family and take care of yourself? And not neglect that? But on the other hand, thousands upon thousands upon thousands evacuated and left. They heard the warning and left. For those of you that are here today, that you've heard the warning spiritually. And you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Are you with me? Stay with me just a moment. You've accepted Him can you say hallelujah today? Hallelujah. hallelujah. Man, I'm saved. If Jesus came right now, if the eastern sky parted right now, I'm going to heaven in the rapture. If I go out today and I die, I'm going to heaven. What a relief. What a relief to know that, that we're saved and we're ready to go to heaven. That we know Him. You see, they died there in Louisiana because they neglected the warning. They died because they squandered the window of opportunity to escape. And some are going to do that today. They died because they lingered in where they should not be. When they should have fled. When it comes to the gospel, the death and judgment that describes so many today, it describes some of you in this room right now and some of you that are watching. You've neglected the warning all these years. You've been to church all these years. You've heard message after message after message. And you've neglected the warning. You've disregarded the offer of Jesus Christ. You, 
But now you're lingering under the judgment of Jesus Christ. That describes a lot of us today, a lot of people. But if I was you, I would run to the cross today. If I were you, I would find refuge in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ if I were you. In Matthew 18.3 it says, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know what conversion is? It's turning. It's turning from that sin. It's turning from those nightclubs. It's turning from that uh, relationship that you should not be in. Is everybody listening to me? It's turning from them drugs. It's, it's turning from that alcohol. It, it's turning from pornography. It, it's turning away. It's getting away from that sin. It's running to the cross. Not too many people running to the cross anymore. They're running everywhere else. If you're not turning, then you'll die without Jesus. Are you turning today? Are you ready to repent? Are you ready to recognize this morning that you're headed in the wrong direction? Are you ready this morning to know that you're following the wrong things, your self-righteousness will take you to hell. You're incapable of saving yourself. When the time comes, you cannot save yourself. And by the way, the time will come. It's coming to all of us. Why are you preaching this message? Why are you preaching so hard today? Because I'm telling you the truth. A turning to Christ this morning in faith is what you need. You need acceptance in Him, not acceptance in the world. You need to trust in what He has done on the cross. You need a willingness in your heart. It does no good if you're not willing to follow Him. If you're just doing it for people to see you, for people to say, boy, that's good. No. If you're not doing it for the right reason, through conviction and through the power of the Holy Spirit, then it's no good. And you'll leave this place just like you are. Your life needs to be a life that, even, that either confirms or denies who you are. You've got to step up and be a man. You've got to step up and be a woman and know that God loves you and God wants to save you. But you've got to be in the fight. A lot of us say we're saved, but we've never been in the fight. Amen. A lot of us say we're saved, but we've never really been in the fight. We're not winning anybody to Christ. Now, preacher, don't get off on that. I am. We're not winning anybody to Christ. We're not telling anybody what God has done in our heart, how He saved us, what we're supposed to be. We're not being salt and light in a world that needs Jesus. We're not. We come to church, go through the motions, but we're not being what we're supposed to be. Now, you may get mad at me about that, but it's the truth. You need to be willing to follow and obey if you're saved. And that's what comes with this life. It confirms 
that we're saved. It shows the genuineness of our faith. Now folks, listen to me this morning. We need a great salvation. We need it. To survive in eternity. We've been given a great salvation. So I'm going to ask you this morning, watching me and here in this building, are you willing to receive it? He wants to give it to you. You can almost see him standing here as that man did in that little community where he had rescued that little boy out of that hut. See, the world says, oh, I can support it. I can support him. I'll be their support. I'm wise. I'll be their wisdom. I'll be what they need. The world says that. And then Jesus steps forward. He says, yeah, but I paid for them. I paid for them. I paid the price. Did you pay the price? Did the world pay the price? No. Does your sin... Listen to me. He paid the price this morning for your sins. And He will save you right now. Now. Today is the day. Right now is the day for salvation. Now some of you are going to leave just like before. But I believe this morning God had this message for someone. And maybe you will make things right with the Lord. Father, I love you. And I thank you, Lord, for allowing me freedom to preach and to share the gospel this morning. Father, I don't know what's going to happen out of this, but I do know that you wanted me to preach this. It's for somebody. God, I pray that they heed the warning this morning. Quit playing the game. And finally say yes to you. The world will not save them. Their friends will not save them. Their things that they have will not save them. Only you can save them. Only you can show the hands and feet that died for them on a cross. Only you. All have sinned and come short. And only you can forgive that sin. Only you. Now I want to talk to you just a moment. I want you to listen. And please don't leave unless you just have to. I, I want to talk to those of you that are lost this morning. Now I want you to listen really good. I want you to know that Jesus loves you and He knows you. Listen to me. He knows you and He knows that you're lost. And that's why He's come to you right now. You say, how do I know He's come? Your heart is beating out of your chest. You're just under conviction. You, you are seeing your sin for what it really is. And you know that if you died, you, you go to hell, that you would not be saved. You know that. The Lord has spoken to you. The Holy Spirit is confirming that. And this morning, God says, listen, look, listen. God says, I'll save you. I'll save you if you'll come. If you'll give your heart to me, I'll save you.
So if you're here this morning, listen. Nobody's moving around. If you're here this morning and God is convicting you of your sin, I want to say a little prayer with you. And I want you to say it. You don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to say it. If you're serious about being saved, I want you to say this little prayer with me. Lord Jesus, say them words. Lord Jesus, I know I'm lost. You have confirmed that to my heart through conviction. I know I'm lost. And Lord, as I've heard today, you're the only way to salvation. Jesus, you're the only way to salvation. Say those words. So Jesus, I accept what you did for me on the cross. Say those words. And Jesus, I accept your forgiveness of my sins. I give you my sins. And you said if I give them to you, that you cast them as far as the east is from the west. That you'd forgive us. Say that. You said you forgive us of our sins. And so, Lord, please forgive me. Now let's thank Him for saving you. Lord Jesus, I thank You for saving my soul. I thank You for cleansing me of my sins. And I thank You that one day when I leave this world, I'll be in heaven with You. To every head bow, every eye closed. Now I wonder this morning who would be thankful enough. Let's put it that way. Thankful enough that Jesus saved you. And you said that little prayer with me. I wonder this morning. If you said that little prayer with me, I wonder if you just stand to your feet right now. I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't come back to you. I promise. I want to see you. If you said that little prayer with me this morning, I want you to stand right now. Hurry. Hurry. If you said that prayer with me this morning, I want you to stand. Nobody looking around. I'm not going to come back to you. I won't embarrass you. I just want to talk to you a minute. Real quickly. If you were watching this morning and you said that prayer with me, would you let us know? Would you write TJ on our Facebook and let us know if you accepted Jesus today? Now you're here this morning and God spoke to you. You're saved, but God spoke to you this morning. I don't know what He spoke to you about, but God spoke to you. I want you to do something right now. I want to talk to you. I won't come back to you, I promise, but I want to talk to you. If God spoke to you this morning in this message... I want you to stand to your feet right now because I want to pray with you if you'll stand right now. If you'll stand. God, I love you. And I thank you, Father, for what you've done for us. I thank you, Father, for allowing us today to stay over and hear your word. And Lord, I know that your word didn't go out void. I know, Father, that somebody, somewhere, Lord, that you spoke to hearts, and probably many hearts, 
Not because I preached this message, but because this is the message that you wanted us to hear. And Lord, your, your word doesn't go out void. And Father, I pray as the day goes along that if these folks that heard your word today, if they're not sure that they'll get down somewhere by themselves and pray and ask you to forgive them of their sins. Father, please, we don't have a lot of time. And Father, I just pray that you will do that. Forgive me, Father. Forgive me of the many ways I've failed you. Lord, thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for this congregation. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's all stand this morning. Listen, I, I, I went over. so, And I know you probably don't want to do this, but I got, I got what I wanted out today. And if I had more, I'd stay.